0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I wanted to share uh, from the premise and the place where I'm at personally, because I always think that's a good idea, just to be honest, with where my heart is at. I don't get this microphone very often, and I could get up and uh, someone could say, I really want you to teach on uh, the coming of Jesus and give me 42 points on when Jesus is coming. And I'm like, well, um, I could try, but I'm just going (laughs) to talk about uh, the place where I'm at and where my heart is. Uh, a few weeks ago, someone came up to me in a Sunday service and they grabbed my arm and I don't know this lady, and if you're here, uh, I respect you, and you gave me a whole message based off of our conversation. But she grabbed my arm and she says, are you able to do it? And um, I looked at her and I wasn't sure what she means and she continued to ask, are you okay? And I'm like, I, I don't know, ask my husband, am I doing okay? And uh, But she proceeded to ask me... Um, Am I able to do it with four kids, with ministry? And I responded with a smile on my face like I've been responding a lot in the last five weeks. And I said, life is full. Life is amazing, but life is full, and I think many of us in this room have full plates and full lives, whether this is school or kids or spouses or you're trying to keep up with your health or you're trying to keep up with your laundry or you're trying to keep up with your workload or you're working three jobs or you're uh, trying to stay sharp at a dinner table and you have children and you're used to using words like poopy and consequence and... uh, You're trying to keep up on your figure for your spouse. I mean, there is a lot going on that makes our world and our space full. And I was thinking about this topic and our church was founded on a verse in John 10, 10. And I'm gonna use this translation that I've never even heard of. It's called the Passion Translation. I wonder what their Song of Solomon is like actually, but... um, (laughs) It uses a word um, in this scripture And it says, give, it says, do we have that verse? It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. And I was thinking about everything that's on my plate, my full life, my children, my workload. And I was thinking about, yes, life is full. But what do we all desire here most? is that we could be full, almost overflowed, and overfilled with an abundance of life from the life giver. And I love that word, give, because he is the giver, and he is the filler, and we are the recipients and the receivers of this gift. And I think sometimes we get it backwards as women, right? We give out. We give to all those things on our to-do list and the needs and our task list and what's in front of us. And we give and give. And sometimes we're left empty. And we're left with a half smile and maybe some food in our hair, looking at a beautiful saint in our church and saying, Life is full. (laughs) But I'm trying to make it. And, uh, you know, most preachers that I get to the privilege of hearing from, and I grew up in church, always share this uh, picture of their family. But I want to show a picture of me with my four kids right now. Do we have that? Um, this is my present reality. <laughs> um, my oldest, Georgia is on my lap. And my youngest, I'm holding uh, with a claw. That's called a claw mom hand. And uh, Maverick is two, and we're trying to potty train him. And uh, he's a train wreck, but we love him. He- and uh, Winston it possesses the oldest child characteristics, and he's always telling someone what to do. So this is um, a really realistic portrait of, of my space, of my, my space right now as a mom, except for I have more makeup on in this photo than I normally do. So that's the only difference. Uh, but life is full, and life is fun, and life is amazing. And I'm giving to these four nuggets quite a bit, and I love it, and I do it willingly. But I also need to be given, too. Because what happens is if we give out and we empty all that we have within us, we start living in the negative. We start living in the overdraft. We start operating on empty. And what damage that can do can be somewhat traumatizing to our soul. And I want to share from a passage in Ephesians that it's really Paul's prayer to this group of people in Ephesus. And it's chapter 3, verses 16. And he's starting to pray from the premise that he wants us to be so filled, that we live with this overflow, that we live with this excess. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high, excuse me, how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I love that so much that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you're taking notes, I've titled tonight, it's Conversation, Talk, Message, Beyond Full. Beyond Full. And I'm going to ask that you would put this back on the screen. And I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray this prayer like Paul prayed over these people. I'm going to pray this over us tonight, that we would be filled with the measure and the fullness of God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we pray tonight that out of your glorious riches, that you would strengthen us with power in our inner being, that Christ, you, Jesus, will dwell in our hearts tonight through our faith, And that I pray that us together, collectively, that we will be rooted, established, planted in love, that we would have power together with all of us together, called the Lord's holy people, that we can grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep and how beautiful your love is, and that we would know what it is beyond our understanding, beyond our knowledge, that you would be filled in us to the measure of all fullness of your great love. In Jesus' mighty name we said, amen. God, we thank you this evening. We ask that above anything, above funny moments, that your word would go deep in our soul and plant good soil. And God, I pray for your words and not mine because I need real rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any food lovers out here? Yep, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, I got the mic. I have not been on a diet in like a year because um, I have lots of cards, pregnancy card, breastfeeding card, all the cards. I'm going to use them. Um, But there's three types of full that I've encountered in my uh, love of food experience, my love affair with food. Uh, There is the full, like I'm full, like I've really been filled with food, and uh, there is like the stuffed, or what I call we eat until we're tired, instead of eat until we're full. We eat until we're tired. (laughs) Pass out, because you can't breathe anymore. Um, And then there's these creatures, these species that that use uh, this phrase that I'm going to eat until I'm just satisfied, where it's like just enough, where I'm not quite full, I'm left like wanting more that I'm just going to eat just enough, just just enough. Um, these people um, eat foods like latte is considered their breakfast, <laughs> smoothie is considered their lunch, and a bar is considered their dinner. And um, one of these people is my husband <laughs> so <laughs> Um it's specifically aggravating when you're married to someone who's like, I'm full. And I'm like, are you finished with that? <laughs> Bring it on over. And uh, we go out to eat, and I encourage that if you're married. <laughs> and uh, when we go out to eat, I like to order family style. And I like to do the sharesies thing, and I don't know if he likes it, but he just goes with it because he loves me, and that's amazing, and I do love you. And um, when we do family style, I mostly eat for the whole family, but that's okay. And he is great at portion control, and I am great at other things. And uh, this last Valentine's Day, just a couple weeks ago, uh, I was famished i mean i just gave birth like two weeks ago okay and uh we were out on a valentine's day a uh, little quick date in between feeds and i was starving and i was hitting the panic button actually hangry and needed to find the fastest food possible so we drove through in and out on valentine's day don't judge us we've been together for 10 years this is fine for me okay and um uh, We're in the line, about 15, 20 minutes. Maybe all the single people had the idea on Valentine's Day to wash down their sorrows, I don't know. But um, we're in the line, we finally get up to order, and I order mine, and then I look at my husband, who I love, his name is Chad, and um, I'm I'm like, are you gonna order anything? He's like, no, I'm good. I was like, so on Valentine's Day, I'm gonna eat by myself. (laughs) This is what's happening, right? And he's like, no, no, I'm like, I'm not even that hungry. Like, I'm just fine. I'm like, I have not seen you eat for like three hours or like six hours. I don't know. But, um, but we left in and out uh, and I opted not to order food because the line was atrocious. And I went home and found another healthy choice like pizza or something like that. And um, he ate a bowl of gluten-free vegan granola like this was this is what we ate for dinner and I'm like chomping on my pizza and I'm like you good you full and uh, I think sometimes you know like we look at food and uh, uh, some of us consume differently obviously (laughs) and uh, the objective whether to be full or to use food as fuel can't relate with you there We're eating to fill ourselves, our hunger, our starvation, our hangry, whatever it is, to a measure of fullness that we've gauged. And I look at this letter from Paul, and he's talking about how to be full. And I want to go back into this text in Ephesians, where it starts with, I pray. And it says that, I pray that out of his glorious riches, we can stop there. See, we've all come here tonight, if we're being honest with ourselves, probably to be filled in some way. That we want to encounter what it is to be full. Maybe you're here and you need to be full of joy. Maybe you're here and you need to be full of some sort of healing in your heart. Maybe you're here and this is your way to get filled. Our desire, our quest, to be honest, is to be full. And I love this prayer so much because in my world and in my space right now, as I give to so much in in life, that I want so desperately God to fill my life. And I looked at this scripture and I looked at this prayer and I asked, when was the last time I actually felt full like this? I read that and I really wanted to say that, It was a lot of times, and it was just yesterday, but it's not always that frequent that I get to feel full in that regard. And if I'm being really honest, I I find myself on empty quite a bit and I looked at this prayer, and I started praying this thing over our women tonight and over myself t- myself tonight, myself, there's two of me, that's my husband. Um. <laughs> but what happens when we're full? It's not, it's not o- only just being full and filled up, there's a satisfaction There's a contentment that comes with that. And out of that contentment and out of that produces riches. And I love that so much that Paul, who's used the word riches several times in the book of Ephesians, he actually has coined that phrase. He uses the description of Jesus, of his glory, being rich. And I thought about that tonight, that... If Jesus is giving out of his riches, we need to be giving out of our riches. And her riches and our riches have the opportunity to make others rich around us. You know, Paul is praying for us, for we, that we may. And he uses this word commonly like he refers to. And riches is an abundance. It's an excess. It's more than enough. It's that Zoe life. And what in our life and in our heart is exceeding and overflowing? That we have the ability to give beauty and to give riches to those who are around us. Do I have enough right now to give it away? Do I have enough riches in my possession to make those around me rich? You know, in Psalm 63, 5, it says, I will... Be fully satisfied as the richest of foods with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. It's referring that we have so much that we can't even contain it. That something so exciting has happened to us that we have to burst out and let others around us know, and it becomes infectious to those around us. The entire purpose of giving is actually to be a blessing. Hello? You know, if I show up to a place where my presence is needed and I need to help someone in an act of service, maybe I need to help clean their house or pray with someone, and I roll up with my four children, and they're coloring on walls and screaming and saying, Mommy, 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 Mommy. How am I giving (laughs) to that situation or to that circumstance? You know, what happens when we pour out, is that we need to be intentional about being a blessing. And we don't want to pour out from what we have in our negative or from our overdraft. We want to pour out from our overflow, from our excess, from our extravagance that we have within us. You know, also he starts referring in this verse, about the strength it says that we put put that back up on the screen it says that he may strengthen you with power i don't know about you but i need supernatural strength i can't do it on my own her strength requires his strength amen and I need the strength that comes from above. I want to share a few scriptures that have encouraged me even this week. There's no one that knows affliction like Paul. There's no one that comes from a place of pain and from trial and from tribulation like Paul. And maybe you're here and you are facing a great deal of pain. Can I just encourage you that you don't have to do it and solve it and encounter it all on your own because your strength is sufficient with his strength. Amen. In Ephesians 2.8, let's just go through these really quick. It says, for it's by grace you have been saved. I love this verse. And through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it is the gift of God. This is not by our merit, by our thing, by our doing. This is his strength, his work within us. Ephesians 6.10, it says, finally... Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I think he's saying finally, after everything you've tried, every everything you've gone through, after everything you've resourced and tried and di- been discouraged, you show up and you show up and finally... Be strong in the one who is able to give you strength. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. I love this verse so much because sometimes we need to say, Hello, we can't do it, but he can, okay? You know, we need to begin tonight to start to tell ourselves that we're not going to quit. And when I read these things, you know, it sounds simple. And we can hear these things in a setting like tonight. And we can hear these things in a setting on Sundays. But we need to read these words and embed them into our heart and allow God to strengthen us, what it says, the inner man or the inner woman that gives us an I can't mentality. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to be told that the devil is a liar and that you're not going to quit today, that this is not quitting time, that we are ready to fight and we are in this to win this. You know, I need to remind myself every day that his strength is sufficient. And in 2 Corinthians 12, finally, this is one of my favorite verses that Paul. In all of his trial, these are all Paul's words, all of his facing and all of his hardship, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Anyone need Christ's power here? My youngest, Clive, you know... He eats around the clock. He's a boy, so he eats quite a bit. But if I feed him more at night, he's going to sleep more satisfied. He's going to be more full. He's going to be less restless, and he's going to be more content. His rest is going to be deeper. Tonight, we need God's rest to rest on us. And understand that his strength is sufficient and that his strength is enough. Number three, her love goes deep. I love this so much. It says, rooted and established in love. The tree in the Bible is used quite a bit where the roots go deep and are planted and rooted. Are we sure tonight? Are we sure tonight of God's love? Is it deep in our hearts? I love this so much that he talks about in his prayer, the measure. And he begins to describe and uses the word measure. And he says the height and the depth. And in some translations, it says the breadth and the width. And he describes these words of measurement. And I was reading this in context of love. And a lot of us in here have encountered God's love. But sometimes it's required us to go to lengths and to go to encounters of measurements. To live at lines and to live in places where we're at the edge. And we've seen in those moments God stretch the width and the power and the might and the strength of his love to reach us all the way in those parts, on the edge where we feel like it's the tipping point or on the line when we feel like we can't go on. I don't know about you, but I've encountered God's love in those places. And in those places, I've had to make the decision That I am going to stand firm. And I am going to stand rooted in his love. And that love is going to carry me. And that love is going to lead me. And in this passage, he's talking. And I don't know if you know anything about Ephesus. But it's a really broken and a dirty town. And there's people that are going through a lot of pain in this book and experiencing a lot of things. And it's interesting that the, pow- the, the power in this is evident in this prayer. But he's not praying, God heal these people or, or bring provision to these people. And there's a lot of poor people and a lot of Struggling people in this economic situation in Ephesus. But he's praying that they would encounter from the inner man his love. And I just think that love is enough. And if we can encounter Jesus' love in a place, in a home in our heart, and let it be rooted and established that will lead us To be able to get through everything that comes our way. Our need for provision. We've got God's love. That's the premise. That's the foundation. And if we live from that perspective is that all we have is Jesus and he dwells with our inner man. Then we can face everything with a spirit of gratitude. Because Jesus is enough. Amen. Amen. Number four, her power is in community. He uses this word together. I love this so much. In Romans 12, verses four through five, it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, we do not have the same function, but through many, one, we form one body and we each belong to each other. We're better together, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.